Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. How daunting a thought is it? To have life without Xander Bogarts, if it comes to that. Yeah, look, I, I would disagree with with Scott's characterization uh, only because the way I, the way I feel, like we have a lot we're trying to get done this off season. You know, some of that could happen early, some of it could happen middle, some of it could happen late. Honestly, if we do our jobs well, there's probably going to be stuff happening throughout. Um, look, we know last year showed there's some good things here. I think there's a lot of good things here, but there's also a lot we have to do, and so that's going to take a lot of work. We really hope that Bogey is part of that as we build back up. But with him or without him, we need to be really good, and we're going to be good. Late night, W-E-E-I. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's KJ617-779-7937, text line 37937. At Bloom yesterday saying, look, there's a lot to be done with this team. We want Xander. We we're continuing to try and work it, but he may not be here. And ta-da, something happened today. A couple of things. At first... The Red Sox got a closer, a real one, not like a retread. Kenley Jansen, two years, $32 million, brilliant move on Heim. Why? By not committing to long years, you get to see if you get what you want in the first year. And if you believe you like what you like in the first year, you can extend out and maybe you do have your closer for the next four to five seasons. I mean, we're talking about a top five closer in the last five years in the major leagues. That was a big problem. Still, the middle innings last year was a problem, but now you have a definitive closer, not closer by committee, which was the problem last year. You're like, okay, Red Sox are kind of doing some things. All right, let's see what... What? Matazaka? I mean, the, the fee just came down yesterday. 15 million. Hey, coming to the Red Sox. Five years, $90 million. Comes out to 18 a year. Another brilliant play by Heim. But let me get to the Matazaka portion first, because I would want some people to kind of understand what you're looking at versus what has happened over in Japan. While it's great that he hit the home runs and everything, let's just believe that this is going to be a gap hitter to the wall, hopefully not getting caught up in the triangle and center, which can happen sometimes when you're a line drive gap hitter. You just can't assume that power from overseas is suddenly going to translate to this game. What I look for is, okay, the person could get on base, a lot of walks, not a lot of strikeouts, an eye is an eye, but power necessarily doesn't translate in the same places. I know there's a short porch and left, but you think they're just going to pitch him fastballs straight and in all the time? No. 
The question I would have is, where do you play him in the outfield? I would probably start him in right, put Verdugo in left, so that way, because Verdugo already knows the wall. And the last thing you want to do is have someone who loses sight of their hitting all because of defensive situation that might be going on. So some of the defensive things can be hidden by putting him in right versus putting him in left, well, even though it's a shorter field, the complexities of the wall. So, all right, so let, but it still doesn't change the fact of like there's a bigger picture in front of the fan base, in front of this team, and it has to do with with, with Xander. Here's Scott Boris at the winter meetings talking about what the Red Sox would look like without Xander. How would you describe the Red Sox engagement with Bogarts at this point? You know, the Red Sox are, you know, they kind of have four-star ownership. And uh, these guys are have proven over time that they, uh, they win and they pursue winning. And uh, I... I think if it's anybody, I, I think everyone about them understands the socks without X are so, so. Oh, so, so. Oh, some things going to be changing in the game, right? The base stealing portion of it, the lack of the shift. There are things that would be advantageous to the Red Sox, but just listen to the lineup. And we'll get back more to the Xander portion here because there's still some concerns. So at first, you've got Cassis Hosmer kind of splitting duel. You know, we'll see how that goes. Trevor Story, Christian Arroyo at second. Xander still at short, right? Bogey still at third. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Devers at third. Matazaka, well, put him in left for now. Kike Hernandez in center. Verdugo, Ref Snyder in right. Uh, you flip that with left field. The DH. Ugh. Verdugo on an off day, or maybe regularly Cassis in there, a couple of story a couple of times. Yeesh. It still feels like the Red Sox have to do something. And it all comes back to Xander. So a couple of nights ago, and Joe, thank you so much for being here uh, late night here on WEEI with me. You remember a few nights ago where I said that, look, when Trevor Story did his arbitration deal leaving Colorado, he got a 35% increase on his $20 million. Yeah, it was like some kind of like signing bonus. or Right, exactly. So his increase was 35% between when he left Colorado and when he came to the, to the Red Sox. So I said, well, there could be a comparison thing going on with Xander in terms of how much he's getting. And if you remember, Joe, the number I came up with was Xander Bogart should not be getting anything less than $27 million if Bogarts is to get that same 35% increase that Trevor Story saw. Well, here's Bradfoe, who was on the Greg Hill Show this morning. This is the number he believes that Xander Bogarts should be getting. Yeah, he's worth it. And, and by the way, you let him get to this market, so shame on you. You let him get to this market, and this is the price you have to pay. That Is he worth it? It doesn't matter anymore what he, mm-hmm. he's worth it. This is what it is. And, and you, when you see Trey Turner get 11 years at what he got, when you see Judge and we see all these guys, it, people are paying an insane amount of money for free agents. This isn't like a couple of years ago. It's completely opposite. Mm-hmm. People are spending money all over the place, and, and Xander Bogarts is going to get his money. And when it comes to is it worth it or not in terms of a big investment for him and going above and beyond what you think that you should pay him, you have to think it is for the same reason the Yankees saw Judge. Because if you lose him, you lose a foundation guy, not only on the field, but off the field, that would be a huge, huge hit. And I think that that was a huge part of what the Yankees did when estimating how much Judge is worth. Yeah, remember the other night, Joe, I was saying that 
Xander Bogarts and the comparison to the price of milk from back in the day and what it is now and how, like, look, the population hasn't really grown that big, but for some reason milk is, like, going up 300% in price. And I said that hey, Xander Bogarts is the milk because he does more than just the body good. He does the clubhouse good. He does the organization good. He does the relationships good. If there's a free agent that may be interested in getting out of somewhere else and they know that they could talk to old big brother Xander, that could be the difference. It's like Pedro Martinez. Like, you know, this there's a guy in Minnesota. I have, I have trouble getting him out. I think he'd be a good fit here. You listen to the guys in the clubhouse who might know something. And you feel like air would be deflated if Xander is not here. And this is a lineup, even with Matazaka and Devers in it, that's still lacking some pop at the bat. You do got to admit, though, this is at least a good sign to see at least a little bit of action. Well, what it does is it saves. Remember when I I did the jive turkey bit right before Thanksgiving? And those who remember... I held off from giving Heim Bloom his jive, just jive turkey, saying I will wait for the winter meetings. In essence, I put a stay of execution on that jive turkey right before Thanksgiving. It was like the he was the turkey that received the clemency. And guess what? I can't call him jive turkey because he's done something. We're not talking retreads here that he got today. And that had always been the fear and has been the M.O. And it wasn't a few, in, in just the last few days, it wasn't very comfortable seeing everywhere People would go and not even sniff here. It felt like Patriots free agency this past season. But, you know, Heim Bloom says, look, if there's anything that when it comes to Bogarts, he can't really tell you all he just knows that, look, we're still trying. Here he is. You know, the, the thing with Bogey is, um, you know, obviously – we continue to say what we said, and it continues to be true. And I don't really, the only thing anybody cares about is whether there's a deal for him to come back and be a Red Sox. And I don't have a good answer to that yet, but we are still engaged. We're, we're, you know, we're talking to Scott about him, when that heats up, where it goes. We still don't know, uh, but we're staying in it. See, the thing is, if, if Xander does go, and he might just, but here again, look, you give, you give, uh, you give uh, Jan, uh, Jensen 16 a year. And then your new guy, Matazaka, gets 18 a year. So those numbers still come lower. It's not like you went and spent high money on someone and still saying, hey, Xander, we want you to come in because obviously the price would get bigger. So give it to Bloom. He's saying, look, we're getting real players who can contribute now to this team that you will help lead. Maybe that's enough. It's got to be at least 27, 28. I, I hear a lot of people get caught up with like, Oh, there's no way you give that guy 25. Uh, you see what the market is now? Was I crazy when I told you someone was going to get $40 million a year? <laughs> Just be thankful that it isn't uh, the Yankees who called Raphael Devers and said, did you want it? Because if Aaron Judge went, you best believe that who they would have been calling for. So you almost want to say, thank you, Aaron Judge, for not taking more money in San Diego. You might have saved Raphael Devers from sniffing some offers. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. So here's some of the bats that I think come into play for the Red Sox because you have to think about um, another bat potentially maybe in the outfield, strictly DH. Uh, there's been talk about Christian Vasquez. I don't see that happening. Brad Phil mentioned that as well on the Greg Hill Show earlier today. 
I, I don't see that because now really you're bringing in another catcher. And if you're like, okay, well, if he's a clubhouse leader, it's like, well, isn't this the, the argument we're making about Xander? Like, okay, yeah, they were in a clubhouse together, but you did, you know, like it's like once you cheat on a girlfriend, if she did, like she's hesitant to come back because she knows you'll get dealt again. So I can't see Christian Vasquez coming back in a hitter's only role. Spot catching sounds good. I, I, I don't know. Luke Voigt, that might be someone you look at. Last year, 22 home runs in Washington. He could be hit or miss, but he does have power from the left side, and he was only five million bucks last year. So there's, I'm helping Heim shuffle through the the bargain bin, if you will. Trey Mancini uh, loved in Baltimore, went to Houston, was kind of wasn't really effectively used in Houston, but may still have some pop. Averages over 20 home runs a game. He could play first, especially if Hosmer's injuries start to return. He's seven and a half million last year. Miguel Sano, nah, knee issues, hot. He's hot when he's cold. He stays cold for a long time. Joey Gallo, maybe he was the desire last year. was like, we get somebody who can play first. But the strikeouts are always going to be an issue, and I don't know how those are going to play, especially when you have (laughs) runners on base. So his home run numbers have dropped tremendously from like 32 down to 19 last year. So... Maybe those are some of the bats in play where Heim doesn't have to break the bank and still has room to bring in Xander. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. KJ Late Night here on WEEI. Still to come, we'll talk about the Patriots getting ready for Arizona, as well as more with the Red Sox and their two big moves today. But right now it's time to trend with Joe Braverman. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, we've been talking about it's a busy day with a couple of good news for the Red Sox at the winter meetings. John Heyman reports that the Red Sox are in heavy discussions with Xander Bogarts. And other insider Pete Abraham tweeted out that there is, quote, momentum between the two sides. You know what I want to know? I want to know, are both sides naked in the room with the lights out? Then I know we're really close. But if the lights are still on and people still have their shoes on... Let's just all talk. (laughs) I guess it's another definition of momentum. (laughs) Sox made two moves today as they signed former All-Star reliever Kenley Jansen to a two-year $32 million deal. They also struck a deal with international outfielder Masataka Yoshida for five years and $90 million. And just to clarify, the posting fees bumped the deal to $105 million. So initial signing for $90, posting fees get it to $100. And like five the, the, the tax, right? So it's like tax, you know. Ba- basically, tax money. Yes. It's like buying food in a clothing store in Massachusetts. Like, what are you doing? Like, you could walk out of here with clothes with no tax, but you're going to buy food in here? Like, no. <laughs> Pretty much. But the, <laughs> the biggest news, obviously, from San Diego, though, is Aaron Judge. The reigning AL MVP is going back to the Bronx as he signs a nine year deal worth $360 million a year with the Yankees. And you said it, KJ, $40 million a year if you do the math for Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. Long night for the Celtics and the Bruins. They are both out on the West Coast. The Celtics are in Phoenix to take on the Suns. Still early in the game. It is 10-9 Phoenix with 6.39 to go in the first quarter. Marcus Smart just made a layup. It's now 11-10. couple of notes uh, for the game. Malcolm Brogdon is back in the lineup after an illness. Kept him out of Monday's win. But Al Horford is out. He landed himself in the health and safety protocols. Meanwhile, Chris Paul is back for Phoenix after a month away dealing with a heel injury. The Bruins are in Denver for a rematch with the Colorado Avalanche, and they had just put one in the net. It is 1-0 Bruins. David Pasternak from David Krejci and Matt Grizzlick 
3.49 into the period. And the Patriots are still preparing for Monday night against the Cardinals. And while there's no news in Foxborough and an injury of a report until tomorrow, there is news within the division as Buffalo Bills pass rusher Von Miller has been out for the season after surgery for a torn ACL. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. These national games really bring to light and remind people as they give you a peek into the different houses around the NFL. If there's 32 houses, when you get welcomed into the living room of some of these teams and get a chance to look around, you say, wow, it's messy in here, huh? And I think that's what people saw again. And the way the Patriots behaved last night, excuse me, Thursday night, in contrast to the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers behaved on Monday night, was really an interesting contrast. You know, the Patriots tried to save face and save the score and not get humiliated despite the fact the quarterback was pleading for them with about 13 minutes left from near midfield to go for it on a fourth down. And they punted it away and they basically turtled for the rest of the game. But the Patriots have become a, a little bit of a, a turtling team, and it's weird. And it's a tough sell for everybody to have to watch. That's why they get flexed out. Oh! Late night, W-E-E-I, it's KJ. Thanks so much for hanging out. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. That's Tom E. Curran saying, look, the Patriots' offense being exposed across the country. No longer can it hide behind the 103 games showed here locally in New England and some godforsaken place in northern New York. But for everyone to see. So literally, Matt Patricia's offense will either be bullish or bullish on parade. Look, when the Pats faced the Vikings defense, there was a chance to show what the offense could do. Mac was uh, interception-free, threw for over 300 yards. It felt like from a stock perspective, right, there was hope to feel bullish that there was going to be this connection between Patricia and Mac Jones that had been kind of weird all year. That the team finally turned a corner. This could be it. It was Mac's best game of the year. Then last week at home against Buffalo, a team who's literally built their whole confidence on the backs of a weakening Patriots team. I mean, after all, they've technically, Buffalo has won nothing else but games against 
the Patriots, and that's what makes them feel good. They made the offensive play calling of the Patriots look like day three of a banana sitting out on a kitchen island. The Patriots have become a turtling team. Quick to rot. You know the feeling when you buy bananas like on a Saturday and by Sunday, by Monday you go in the kitchen, you're like, oh man, this is utter bullish. Let's just hope that the Patriots' offensive game plan isn't sitting out on some counter right now waiting for Monday night to get here because it's going to either look bullish and better or look like bullish on parade. And look, here there's some things about the Cardinals that can allow for the Patriots to be bullish. Cardinals are 26th in the league in allowing first downs. Patriots need ball control, stained drives. Pat's offense is 25th in the league in getting first downs. So maybe the quick game isn't needed as much. Hopefully. Look, there's just so much going on right now with the Patriots offense that let's just call it what it isn't. Pretty. In fact, here is Mike Lombardi saying, look, it's it's almost bullish, but almost another word. Here New England's is. offense has been a cluster. Now, you know, last year they were a top 10 offense. Their offensive line is, has, has not been as good this year. There's no denying that. Uh, their passing game, with even better players in their passing game, with Devontae Parker and Thornton back, they haven't. I mean, it's a concern. And, you know, they haven't been able to close the gap. You know, they can't make a play on third down against Josh Allen. They can't stop him in the red zone, three for three in the red zone. And they can't consistently move the ball. And I, I don't know who's right, who's wrong. But to me, when I watch the Patriots, they don't have an offense. They just run a bunch of plays. Yeah, you know what that feels like we're being sold if you've ever gone to like one of these kind of Western outfits where, you know, they've got like, you know, the, the whole getup, you know, you know what I mean, Joe, like the Midwestern, it's like going to like a general store and, you know, you can buy penny candy and different things. Yeah, you, like what all the tourists go to. Yeah, right, right. Well, one of the things they tell to tend to sell you is these things called buffalo chips. Have you ever seen these, Joe? These things I called- haven't, no, but I've heard I've heard a little bit about them, but you I know haven't what, seen them. You know what buffalo chips are? It's dried bullish, and that's what you're seeing. That's what's trying to be. So, like, how can the audience and the fan base be told, hey, maybe if they work these things out and this works out? All it is is just bullish drying up in our faces. Now, I won't play the cut from, from Bill Belichick from Patriots Monday where he said, well, you know, you can't really change these things midstream. That's kind of like trying to figure out how long you let it dry and then put a price on it. Now, look, I'm not going to knock Patricia for leaning on the quick game, which got Mac fired up and cursing like bulls on parade, where the quick game was kind of designed to protect, I don't know, the rest of the team from the offensive line, from Mac's kind of bad indecisions, going 10 yards and beyond. The quick game did work. It's just that people have prepared for it. So maybe this is a game where the Patriots can be bullish, go deep on a secondary that's kind of weak at times, and a team that's in disarray. It's possible, but it's also scary. Do you believe that this offense can cut loose the way the plays have been called? I mean, you just heard Mike mention, Lombardi mention, you know, Devontae Parker. And it was kind of what some of us were saying at the beginning of the season. Man, great on paper. Looked good on that final game against the Patriots several years ago. 
Haven't really seen him on too much tape since. It's still about the same. If the Patriots can get the run game going, that's key. It hasn't been happening. It's been the issue issue the last few weeks. Now, part of it is injury, but again, like I said, when you try and make Ramondre Stevens the only guy who's carrying the ball, that's not how the success was last year. It was a two-headed monster. Since week six, the Patriots have gained 100 yards or more on the ground only once in their last seven games. They're four and three. That's kind of weird, right? Where the Pats have rushed for over 120 yards in four of their first five games, and they were two and three. So would you believe, like, the numbers I just gave you right there would say the Patriots should throw the ball more and run the ball less? Oh, no. I mean, trying to go to air raid would be a huge mistake. And it would be week two of bullish on parade. And at this point, Damian Harris is doubtful at best. Missed another day of practice. But this team's got fight. And at six and six, I've said here, as long as you don't have eight losses, you still have a chance to make the playoffs. Now, do I think this is the case? I I, I don't think so. I think I'm closer to my seven and ten number than nine and eight or even eight and nine. Uh, so, but here's Boomer Sison appearing on the Greg Hill show yesterday. Uh, look, he says the season has to start. The immediacy has to start now, and it has to be quick and fast. And now, you know that game that they played Minnesota was, I think, the offense that everybody thinks that they're capable of. And then that blown call when it came to the Hunter Henry touchdown, I think, kind of flipped the flipped their season. Uh, there was a very good chance that they had uh, to beat the, the Minnesota Vikings, and they didn't do it. And, uh, you know, to me, somehow they have to reignite that offense because that was a different offense than we had seen for most of the season. It's just that, you know, there's a play here or a play there that keeps them out of the end zone, kind of like what happened to the Jets yesterday against Minnesota. Um, I would just say that, you know, th- they have to win the rest of their home games. There's no question about that. And somewhere along the line, they got to win a game that they're not expected to win. I, I could say that the, the Patriots have not really had that situation happen to them yet this season, and that usually does happen once or twice per team throughout the year. So uh, this is where you know it's either pedal to the metal or it's uh, you know quit and go home. I just can't imagine that a, a Patriot roster coached by Bill, Bill Belichick would ever quit on him. Yeah, go bullish. Or we're just going to have to show the world more of the bull-ish. Oh, and by the way, Joe, Monday was two days ago. That's what happens when you do three shows in two days. I, I, I Look, the company's about to see this time card, that's for sure. Let's just call it what it is. There's been several of these kind of, this is the final countdown, the most excruciating moment, this is the most important game, whatever you want to call it for the Patriots, this is it. A loss... Below 500, you've got other teams starting to make moves, like the Chargers. Hey, we thought the Raiders would fall apart. The Raiders are only a game behind the Patriots in in the, in the loss column. Yeah, that game of not uh, in two weeks might decide like who goes to the playoffs and who gets eliminated the way the two are going. Yeah, pretty much the game against the Raiders will really be like elimination chamber. But I don't want to get too far ahead because this this Cardinals game is a very winnable game. You're talking about a team that's been in such a disarray from A to Z, from from the start of the season. The whole talks about Kyler Murray, we'll hear from 
Belichick and those uh, and, and other members of the team here shortly on uh, late night about their game plan for Kyler Murray. But Arizona is just one of those teams that are in their own way. And while the Patriots defense will probably be able to cause some problems, but again, you wonder about a mobile quarterback. How much does that buy into it? DeAndre Hopkins is not is no slouch. You know, their running game is questionable, but their ability to stop the run, they're like 10th in the league. So if you're talking about a team that, despite all their misfunctions and disconnections they've had and the game in Mexico City where a coach gets arrested for some lewd behavior and gets kicked off, he gets fired from the team. There's just been so much. I'd say that's what happens when the head coach and the and the starting quarterback have the same agent. <laughs> Maybe you guys should fire your agent. No, I know someone said this on the station before. Firing agents. Yeah, they are a train wreck. But here's what's crazy. You know what makes a train wreck look good? Another train wreck that looks worse. And the last thing you'd want to have is the Patriots, which let's talk what it is. It's been a strange story from the beginning. Belichick is just going to have a couple of guys who've never run offense before be in charge of the offense with a Pro Bowl quarterback. I'll use the term. Yeah, I've said that was a replacement QB and you know stuff like that, but still it doesn't change the fact that it's a second-year guy who went to the Pro Bowl, whether chosen or, or replacement, comes in the second year and has no offensive minds to help guide the offense and him. It would be like the equivalent of just some amateur in golf, if you follow, just goes crazy and wins two out of the four majors. You're like, wow, this amateur is incredible. And then the next year, he has no coach. He has no direction. Go do it again. Um, I probably need someone to help me analyze some things. Yeah, he's carrying and his own bag. He's got no. He's carrying his own him. bag, right? Like, like instead of like getting like one of the like what is this guy's name? Steve Williams, I think that was the guy who was like Tiger Woods' coach for all those years. Instead of going to get a Steve Williams, he goes and gets I don't know like Steve McMahon. I just whoever you want. He goes get yeah, he hires KJ and Dondero to be his head, his swing coach. Dude's gonna lose. Yeah, we might understand golf and we might understand wind patterns and we probably have some cool apps, but we're not gonna be able to get him to the next level. So are you saying your golf game is fake until you make it? Uh my thing my, you know what my golf game is? It's horrible until it's under a hundred. <laughs> so once I is that once why I'm you under, stop at nine holes and just don't go for the no, 18? it's not nine holes, brother. It's twelve. Get it right. No, I'm totally kidding. Yeah, your golf game is only horrible until it's over a hundred. Then that's where you, there's no going back. You've got three digits automatically. That's I mean that's how you have to think when you're out there. You know, ninety seven and seventy nine are just transposed numbers to me. But when it comes to the quarterback, there has to be someone out there who's doing something precise. And I mentioned last night. That it just behooves me why, and maybe Bill was caught off guard. These are all things that are real possible, but I would say if you're this far in the game and you're considered the greatest of all time, somebody leaving to take a head coaching job who runs your offense is not exactly shocking in the world. That's the case. Hire Brad Stevens to be the head coach of the Patriots. He can hire fire quicker. But look, why why not go after uh, a quarterback's coach or an assistant coach Coordinator, uh, Look, I know it goes out of the skin of the team, but 
Minnesota's getting a quarterback in the first round. Things are changing. And and that is my concern about this game Monday night. It's another primetime game where the bullish might be on parade. I think even the network when they pulled one day because the, the Raiders game was about to be a was we just got flexed out of prime time. Because they're thinking Yeah, like, they got moved to four twenty five and instead it's gonna be Giants Commanders for Sunday well, night. Right. So you're literally the network the network sees the bullish on parade. After they saw that Bills game, they're like, Oh and there's God. a ton of storylines in the Raiders too. McDaniels versus Belichick. No, they wanna see the Giants and the Commanders who just tied last week. They don't wanna see the field golden punt machine of the New England Patriots. That is not the sell of it. You're talking about a head coach who's on his way to breaking Shula's record. You've got a quarterback who was a pro bowler last year. These are supposed to be things that you put in graphics when you're pushing for next week's game. Can you imagine watching Sunday night football and saying, next week it's Mac Jones and his seven touchdowns against Derek Carr? (sighs) Boy, 60 Minutes will have a banner night that night. They could could run a 60 Minutes expose on – on uh, on ant farms, and it would probably outperform. Well, man, that's not true. We'd carry the number, but still, you get my point. Matt Patricia is on full notice nationwide. The story was able to be kept quiet outside of some pundits. You know, oh, okay. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Two dudes who've never run offense are running the offense there. And see, so you can hide those things. Like I said, when you have a 103 kick, kickoff time, only the people who see the game or the people who know and the people who come in from on the road. Yeah, Patricia's thanking his lucky stars. This is the last primetime game of the season. I, I say to those who are outside of New England who are listening on the Odyssey app, welcome and thank you so much for being here. If you did not get fed like Indianapolis, New England, or the second Jets-Patriots game, man, whoever your God is, pray to them and say thank you. Having to sit through those things was, it was just absolutely brutal. And the fan base deserves better than that. And Matt Patricia is on parade Monday night. If it looks worse than it did against Buffalo, and as Buffalo, it looked bad, then why can't you get rid of him out of the position now, Bill? Why? Why can that not happen? If it was a player, it was a player you'd have no you'd have no problem sitting a player. Now I would be shocked to think that like there was no net if if it didn't work out if Patricia and Judge couldn't do this like can't you step in and call the plays? Could that be announced? I would feel a little bit better if you told me that Belichick, who's probably prepared for more offenses than. I don't know, Matt Patricia's ever seen. Yeah, I would say, look, I would trust Bill to call the plays more so at this point than Patricia and Judge combined and with an exponent. Monday night, Matt Patricia could either be bullish or it's more bullish on parade. Next, make money, money. Bet MGM's got the lines out for this week's games. Plus, I've got a parlay for you. And tomorrow night's game, you think it's horrible? What if you can get twenty something thousand dollars out of it? That's next here. KJ Late Night WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I don't think you can do much. I think the two things I would say about this situation right now is, oddly, they're still into the playoff conversation, but it's not going to matter. You know, like, even if they somehow find a way to squeak in, they're not a threat. The two things I would say is this. They are so reliant on average players to be elite at execution. Like, when coaches say we just got to do it better, like, I find that, and I've said this, I find that, like, I yes, but it, to do it better is really challenging when the other guy is more talented uh, or better coached. You and include Mac in that thing. list? Do you include Mac in the list of mediocre players? Um, no, I, I think Mac's a good player. Okay. I, I've said this. I, I think Mac, I mean, I, I think Mac is everything you want in the quarterback spot right now. Outside of, like, elite playmaking, um, I think he's got everything you want. And I, and I tweeted this out last week. Like, if honestly, like, get through the next month and see what happens. If I'm Mac Jones and, and or my reps, and they don't come out and, and make a move at that role, the offensive coordinator role, to someone who's got a track record, then I would ask to be traded. Late night, WEEI. It's KJ. Thank you so much for being here. 617 779 7937. Text line 37937. We're a minute away from make money money. That's Dan Orlovsky uh, talking with Gresham Keith. Look, he thinks Mac is good, and I say the word good is C. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, good to mediocre. Don't get me wrong. I, I just think that Mac is kind of the prototype of a. Uh, Time gone by in the NFL, right? Even he said, outside of the players who can make make elite plays, that's what the NFL playoffs come down to. Who can make an elite play? And he's right. He this is what he's right about, though. Getting bargain basement guys to try and be superstars. Like there's no fountain of youth. There's no Poston Leon rock to touch. There's not. All right, Celtics are up by 19 over Phoenix on the road. I'm shocked because they just flew in from Canada. Second quarter, about five, five and a half to go. And the Bruins at the end of two are up 2-0 at Colorado, which is big because that could be one of those future matches. Yeah, still to come, we'll talk about what the Red Sox did today. Bloom made a move, plus more Patriots. But I got some money waiting for you. Hit it, Joe. Yeah. Hey, I won the bet. Here. One dollar. <laughs> I can give you half. Hey, yes, I money. You need to relax. How do you pay, man? Straight cash, homie. Uh huh. 
All right, BetMGM has its lines out for this week and probably last chance you can catch them before they, they change. I wish I could have gotten them to you earlier, but hey, I didn't think about it last night. So much was going on. All right, I'll give you the Sunday games first, and then I got a parlay for you that pays out over 20000 in the Thursday night game, in-game parlay. Hang out for that. Sunday games, Jets at Bills. Bills are favored by nine. That's kind of a high number, that nine, but uh, I do like that 44 number to probably hit the over because I think the Bills will start to open things up. Will they win by nine, nine and a half, ten? No, but will they get over 44 points in the game? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Browns at Bengals. Bengals are favored by six, uh, minus 250 on the money line for the Bengals, plus 195 for the Browns. Total of 47 points. I like the under. Even though the Bengals can get explosive, the Browns are still going to try and stick to the ground game, keep the ball, get control of the time. I think the Bengals will be able to quick strike. The Browns will try to be able to meticulate the ball a little bit and keep that number under 47. Maybe a game that's like 21-17, and that puts it at 38, right? Uh, Texans at Cowboys. One of the highest odds so far this year on a game. Cowboys favored by minus 16 and a half. It was 17. Yeah, where's your value? I was going to say, I thought it'd be higher. Yeah, it was 17. It's dropped down to a half. And I think that's because Davis Mills is supposed to be in there. Like, Davis Mills is worth half a point. Um, If I even told you what the... the, Do you know what the length is on this for the Cowboys? Minus 1,600. Jeez. The over-under, 45 and a half. I would be tempted to take the over. Maybe the Cowboys get to about 28 points. Maybe 34 points. It could be like a 34, 10, 35, 10 game. So that's a possibility. So the 16 and a half, I think, is really in play. Look for some sacks and fumbles for sure. Vikings at Lions. Lions are favored by two and a half. I like the Vikings at plus 115. 52 and a half is the total. I like that just at the under. These teams will shoot it out, but I couldn't see this getting into like. 30-something, 20-something. You know, I don't think it'd be that high. I think it'd be it'd be a competitive game, but I think the Vikings pull it out because the Vikings have a lot to stand for. The worst thing the Vikings would want to do is continue to fall and potentially have to face maybe even the 49ers or Seattle, whoever loses the NFC West, maybe who they have to play as their first-round matchup in the wildcard division if they fall out of that number-two spot. All right, Jags at Titans. Titans are favored by four. Uh, 41 is the number. I like the low. Derrick Henry just holds on to the ball. Jags may not even be with Trevor Lawrence. He's been dealing with an injury, so keep an eye on that. Eagles, seven-point favorite at the Giants. Uh, 44.5 is the total on that one. I like the under. I think seven points might be too rich because it's a division game. So it'll be a closer game, maybe 21-17. That'll put you at 38. Ravens at Steelers. Steelers favored by two and a half. Yeah, they've been on a roll, but I think the Ravens really haven't changed their DNA much. DNA much with with the, the going from Lamar Jackson to Huntley. Now, I'm not saying that Huntley is just as good as Lamar Jackson, but the way the offense is set up, everything is right in front of you. Yeah, you don't got to change the scheme. Right. You, you know, you've got a mobile quarterback, so I actually like the Ravens not only to cover the spread, but to win the game, so I like them at plus money at plus 130. Chiefs, nine and a half point favor at the Broncos. I like the Chiefs to win the game, but I wonder if the Broncos could keep the score low. The total's at 43. I might play the under on that 43. Uh, and stay away from that nine and a half because I, you just don't know with the Chiefs. Bucks at 49ers. 49ers favored by three and a half. But I like what the Bucks are cooking. 
if Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all are healthy throughout this week and are available, I'm not buying that Purdy can get it done for the 49ers in a competitive, high-profile game. I like the Bucks at plus 150 on the money line. Uh, so I would take that. At the, it's a low total, 37. I think the Bucks kind of light it up a little bit in this game and expose the 49ers saying, hey, guess what? You're going to need a quarterback who can really come back in a game. Panthers at Seahawks. Oh, boy, a game right there. Seahawks favored by three and a half. The over-under is 43 and a half. Mm, I could care less. I'm not touching that game. The Panthers are bad, so even if you just want to... I mean, there's even no value taking the Seahawks at minus 190, and they're minus three and a half. They're almost like a two-to-one favorite. Dolphins, three-point favorite at the Chargers on the road will be interesting. Tempted to take the Chargers, but I like what the Dolphins are doing offensively. The total of 52... I like that to go over. Both teams can score. This might be the shootout of the day and might push Tua further into the MVP conversation at quarterback. And then the Monday night game. Patriots minus one and a half at the Cardinals. Patriots minus 125 on the line, plus 105 for the Cardinals. Total of 44 and a half. If you're saying it's only a one and a half point game, then that tells me you're thinking, I don't know who's going to win it. I like the Cardinals at plus money. I just wonder how the Patriots are going to stop a mobile quarterback. They've had chance, they've had chances to do it and have not been successful at it at all with Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields or with Tua or Josh Allen. You would put Kyler Allen quicker than Tua, maybe even quicker than Josh Allen, just not the acumen of Josh Allen. So you might be looking at Justin Fields just a little bit slower, and Justin Fields ran for everything. So, on the Sunday games, if you take my four favorites or upsets and put a $100 bet down, it will pay you $2,434.31. And now to the Thursday night game, Raiders minus six favorites at the Rams. That's how bad the Rams have been. 44.5 is the total. I don't know if I will touch the, the Rams are saying that maybe Baker Mayfield plays in the game. We'll see if that changes any of the odds as more news comes out going into tomorrow. But try this parlay out. Pays out twenty three grand. Foster Moreau touchdown and the Raiders win plus two sixty. Raiders win by seven to twelve points. That there's your six cover plus four hundred. Raiders win and the game is under thirty six and a half. I can't see how the Rams score more than ten points in this game plus four hundred. Both teams score three or more points in the first quarter. Yeah, what's a field goal plus one sixty? Put 100 bucks down, that pays out 23300 bucks, And that's Make Money Money here on Late Night with KJ on WEEI. The second hour is next. Thank you so much for hanging out. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh.